What's up, Spikes? It's Alex and Jim back with you again for another episode of Spike on the Mic, the only podcast where we actually sit down and talk on video format. How you doing today, Jim? We're the only podcast that does that? Well, the only podcast we do that does oh, that. Oh, fair, yeah. 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 <laughs> Other content creators? What would we talk about them? So today, we're going to be talking about some of the ways you can help get a better understanding of what causes negative emotions at your table and how to recognize them in yourself and deal with them. Uh, so part of the reason we picked this topic today, Jim, is we've seen a lot more nastiness online. So the discourse has been a little bit uh, salty recently, it feels like. And I think a lot of folks just need to maybe take a step back and sort of examine why people do the things they do. Because uh, I don't know if you ascribe to this, Jim, but one of the things I very deeply ascribe to is the idea of Hanlon's Law, if you're familiar with it. Uh, break it down for me. How many bars? Yeah, absolutely. So Hanlon's Law or Hanlon's Razor basically says... Anything that can be adequately explained by incompetence should never be attributed to malice. And I'm not trying to say that to say that all players are bad at all things, but I think some folks can struggle sometimes with understanding and empathizing when someone's hurt them. And so to talk about that today, we're actually going to cop a little bit from another well-known nerdy property, namely Star Wars. Today we're going to talk about how fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. And suffering leads to the dark side. Well, no, that's copyright. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Disney, please, please. No, (laughs) but we'll be back with that right after the hop. Welcome back, everybody. So to jump right into it, in my opinion, one of the biggest drivers of misunderstandings and misapprehensions, especially with groups that you don't maybe know so well, not necessarily what we have going on here down in Jim's basement is fear. Fear of being perceived as a pub stomper. Fear of not playing the right kind of deck. Fear of not getting to do what you want to do at the table. And so I think if we can start from there and start developing ways to express what we're afraid of, we might have a little bit more good games. Sure. So what what are we afraid of, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's different for every person depending on what their preferred play style is. Personally, for me, uh, what I'm afraid of is playing a slow boring, drawn-out game where not much happens. And so, from my perspective, the things I want to avoid are non-deterministic combos, uh, turns that spend a whole lot of time doing not very much. Mm. There's just a certain few styles of decks that I just don't enjoy playing against. And so, usually the way I bring that up so other people can understand where I'm coming from is saying, hey folks, I like to play a high-paced, interactive game where we don't spend a lot of time trying to analyze what we're doing. We just do it. And so far, that hasn't steered me wrong. But I can see a lot of other ways that people might be afraid when it comes to setting up a pod. Yeah. One thing that I've heard a lot of people say online is um, kind of along the lines of I have a limited amount of spare time to devote to magic. And uh, I'm afraid that somebody else is going to come in and um, make that a bad time or uh, make me wish that I had spent that time doing something else. Absolutely. You know, um, I know uh, Shivam has mentioned that in the past. Uh, that he's like, you know, I get maybe maybe three, four hours a week to play magic. Right. So if I have to spend two hours of that slogging through a game that I don't enjoy, that's not a good use of my time. I wish I was doing anything else other than that. Right. And I think a lot of it comes down to, especially when you are getting into a new environment, like say at a new LGS or something like that, mm-hmm. is there's almost a pressure to overextend what you're willing to do, to be more flexible than maybe you're comfortable with. And I think it's OK for most people to say, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. This is the type of game I want. The problem is, is I think a lot of people have an idea in their head of what 
casual means or what mm-hmm. seven means or what high power means. And it comes back to the communication issues that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. But the core of it is, is if you don't set expectations properly, you're setting up the people around you to fail those expectations. And that is what leads down the path mm-hmm. of being afraid of that happening and can in many cases lead to a bad time. Or a lot of the time, um, you know, resentment. Oh, for, I mean, we're going to talk about that in a second with yeah. anger. But, um, you know, when when you're set up with a certain set of expectations and it doesn't happen, that that can absolutely lead to feelings of resentment, feelings like I wish it had gone differently and it's somebody's fault. Right. right? Exactly. And so it can be really hard for people to take that step back and say, oh, wait, could I have fixed this? Because that causes a little bit of cognitive dissonance, right? Because it's much more self-fulfilling to blame an external source mm-hmm. if you have a bad time. But I think taking a few minutes, especially if you're in an unfamiliar environment before the game, to say to yourself, what am I not prepared to deal with? And we talked about this a little bit uh, back in the episode we had back in May about uh, peeves from mm-hmm. our uh, three P- or four P's video of how to set up a good commander game. And talking about what's going to make you have a bad time is a really good way to help other people help you avoid that. Now, you're not going to get it from everybody all the time. And frankly, that's where one of my biggest pieces of advice from today comes from. If you're the type of person who's going to have a distinctly bad time in a game and you're able to suss that out before the game, and frankly, I think you should if you're that type of person, don't play against those people. Mm-hmm. Pick your decks up, say, hey, thanks for the invite. I'm sorry this pod isn't going to work out. I really don't feel like we're going to have a good time. Hope the three of you have an enjoyable pod. Yeah, and I think, like I've said this in the past, but um, doing literally anything else is better than playing a game that makes you miserable. I, I hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, I, there's there's only three people there. And if I leave, then, you know, they're not going to have a good game or whatever. Or, But honestly, you could do literally anything else. You could count license plates in the parking lot and you're going to have a better time than sitting through a game that actively makes you feel bad. Like we have to remember the fact that magic is a game. We play it because we enjoy it. And, it, you know, my uh, actually my my dad when I was a kid said this to me all the time, if I got frustrated with a video game or whatever, he'd say, I think it's time to stop playing this game, right? Like you're, you're doing this because you enjoy it. If you don't do it, it's, if you don't enjoy it, it's time to do something else. Well, absolutely. Know? And I think it's honestly really, really good and well-adjusted advice for a lot of people out there, because I think a lot of people feel like they have to play magic or they mm-hmm. have to, like, this is what we do. We go and we play commander on Wednesday nights at our LGS, yeah. you know? And, I, I think sometimes you sort of can't see the forest through the trees, yeah. you know, where you're like, OK, the objective is having a good time. The objective is not playing magic. No. Right. The objective is having a good time. And we're using magic as a springboard to get there. Exactly. And so one of, one of the things that I've actually heard people say when I espouse that sort of information is, well, what do I do if I'm at an LGS? Well, what do I do if my LGS just pairs us randomly? Well, I, I think you can set expectations not only with your pod. But with your LGS as well, one thing that I used to do when I used to go out to LGS nights is if I had friends there and I know we specifically wanted to get a game in, I'd just ask them to pair us up. Mm-hmm. I'd say, hey, folks, I've already taken the half hour before we got here to find a pod I want to play with. Could you please put me, Jim, Bill and Elliot together? That'd be great. No, not a problem with it ever. And again, you know, the LGS's objective here is they want people to have a good time. It's it's not that they want like the event to go in a particular way. A lot of the time, they just want people to have a good time playing magic at their store. Right. That That is the end goal here. And then pairing people up with strangers or whatever is like their springboard to get there. Mm-hmm. But if there's a better way to do it, you know, if you can say, hey, we're, we know we're going to have a good time. Let's just play against each other, especially if you've got like a, a niche type of magic that you like to play. We did this um, at a local uh, game store where um, 
they would pair us up. But a lot of us in our group, this is like the the proto spike feeders mm. group, love to play like higher power magic than a lot of the people at the store. And so we would just say, you know what? I think this is going to be a better time if we just go. And there's like maybe six of us just pair us up against each other, you know, and then that way we're not like, you know, stomping other people's pods or even, you know, having to have that conversation to say like, hey, we're only playing high power decks tonight. And then, find, you know, finding out that the random that got paired with us doesn't have a high power deck with well, them. You ex- know? Exactly. Because now you're not only helping all of the high power people have fun, but you're also helping the person who doesn't want to play that way have more fun. Yeah. Even if they have to squeeze into an awkward pod, like a pod of five all playing the same thing is way better than a pod of four all playing different. Yeah. And so with that, I think what you see when people don't set those expectations clearly and they don't have that type of conversation beforehand, and especially when they don't warn people about what's going to set them off, we get into anger. And to me, anger is usually manifest in a couple different ways. It's sometimes it's the tight shoulders. Sometimes it's just a grumpy face. Sometimes it's the people pulling out their phone, being like rolling their eyes. Well, I don't really want to be here, you know? And so there can be a whole bunch of different levels to it. Honestly, there's a couple of very toxic types of anger that are very quiet types of anger where you don't even really know that the person that you've ticked off to the nth degree is even angry because they keep it inside and they stew in it. And now all of a sudden you come back next week and they don't even want to talk to you. And so when we're looking at anger and we're looking at pieces like that, the important thing to keep in mind is it's okay to be angry. There's nothing wrong with having something inside yourself that says, this is unfair. I don't like this. This is not what I wanted. You're not wrong for being angry. What I will suggest, though, is that there are better ways to help deal with that salty feeling than stewing in it. Yeah, it's like it's like, what are you going to do about it? Right. Something has happened. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you are feeling a feeling. Mm-hmm. What, what are you going to do? What is that going to push you to actually act on? Right? right. And I see a lot of people will. Um, this is often coupled with the tendency to want to either uh, punish or react mm-hmm. um, or, or, or like reinforce something to somebody without like actually expressing how you're feeling if you're like oh well i didn't really enjoy that game because you know you went off a little bit earlier than what what i thought we discussed at the table you know the tendency is like oh we're playing that kind of magic let me pull out this deck box that has skull and crossbones on it out of my bag that i keep here specifically for punishing pub stompers and let me tell you folks i this is like a common sentiment right you see it on reddit mm-hmm. where people are like well I'll just keep a deck that's talrand counterspells and then make sure that the person has a bad time and you know then they'll understand no they won't this is the thing if there's a mismatch in expectations and uh like somebody at the table is not on the same page as everybody else. They're not going to get on the same page by you like focusing on them in a game. Don't use in-game things to punish out-of-game behavior, right? Yeah. That's not the solution to the problem you're you're running into. You're using the wrong level of thing to try and treat an issue. Yeah, and like the the biggest problem with that is quite often the person who you focus on stuff like that, they're not going to come out of that game having decoded the message that you're trying to send them, right? The message you're trying to send is this behavior is not welcome or um you know maybe we didn't communicate well prior to the game and you know went different than my expectations the message that they're going to come away from is oh jim's kind of an asshole yeah he, he like focused on me the entire game despite what was going on on the board and kind of ruined my night yeah that's where right? you start getting uh, complaints about uh, threat assessment mm-hmm. right because those players they, they don't understand that you're mad at them yep. they don't understand that the reason they've had eight of their spells counterspelled in a row by you is because 
they did something last game. They just see you counterspelling things like collector oof and going, but there's already a null rod on the table. Yeah. Like, why does this matter? And so take the time to use your anger appropriately and in a way that builds people up. For example, one thing that I've done and I've seen other people online talk about is looking for plays that your opponents make that you can comment on positively. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes at a table, people are doing wild stuff and it's okay to get hype about it and release some of that emotion into, oh man, you really could have hit me with that many L's? Oh gosh, that's super cool. Well, or uh, like even even if it's not, I find that this is a really good practice to get into. This is something Rachel Weeks yeah. um, talked about recently. But uh, I find if you get knocked out of a game early, this is another thing that you can do, right? Like rather than getting up and going somewhere else or like packing up your stuff and leaving or, you know, just sitting and pouting, you can like talk about what's going on in the game, right? Yeah. Games are kind of cool to begin with and like cool stuff happens and it's okay to like talk about it mm-hmm. while you're at the table, yeah. right? And so it's it's uh, one of those things that can kind of, it flips your perception of what's going on, right? Like if you if you like practice doing that, to say like, hey, this is something that <clears throat> something cool that happened and I'm going to acknowledge it and talk about it and congratulate somebody or whatever. It it kind of it becomes a habit, right? It, yeah. it becomes a like the way that you react to that stimulus, exactly. if you will, you know, where if, you know, I, you know, normally my reaction would be, well, I got knocked out of the game super early. This is going to ruin my night. Well, I uh, you know showed up, paid my five bucks for entry and I got knocked out in 10 minutes. You can say, well, you know what? There's still like a whole lot of night left, yeah. you know? And not only that, but if you're the type of person that isn't enjoying that table, maybe as other people start to get knocked out, maybe you go and form a pod with them. Find ways to redirect the negative emotions you're having and spin them into positive experiences, or at the very least, process them in a way that leads to something good. One really good thing for this, especially with anger, is the differentiation between seeking an apology and seeking an explanation. If you only ever seek apologies, people are only ever going to feel like they've wronged you. They're not going to be able to build from those experiences. And at best, it's just sort of a salve on an injured pride or an injured emotion, mm-hmm. right? Whereas if you seek explanations from people, you might find something that allows you to shortcut the process in the future. For example, let's say you're angry because someone comboed out too early. Now, you could be really snippy and say, you really should apologize for that. And they might say, oh, well, I'm really sorry. I, you know, I didn't know. Whereas if you say, hey, why did you combo out so early? They'd say, well, honestly, I I didn't realize I was going to until I saw it. And then I got Mm. so excited that my deck that I didn't know this combo existed in could do that. One, very easy to sympathize with. Mm -hmm. The other, you just think they hate you and did it intentionally, right? And so if you're feeling these sorts of emotions and you can pinpoint a behavior that caused them, ask the person why they did it. Seek to understand before you seek to be understood. Yeah, and I I would say that that's... um that's an important aspect there. Like the, the idea of humble inquiry, like a humble inquiry being like you're asking a question with the genuine intent to get the answer. There's a genuine curiosity there and not asking a question to make a point, mm-hmm. you know, saying like, why would you do this? Right. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's not like that. It's, it's seeking to understand. And, and that's um, I think an important skill is recognizing when you're asking questions with the intent to clarify or in the intent to learn something mm-hmm. as opposed to asking a question, um, to like alert people to the fact that you've noticed something, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, it, it, it's like a, it's a subtle difference, but I think that not a lot of people 
will actually like sit, take a step back and say like, am I asking this question? Cause I really want to know the answer or is this better phrased as a statement? Right. You know, and, and a lot, a lot of that comes down to our next point and that's sort of trying to avoid growing to hate something or hate someone worst of all. And to me, that's the difference primarily between this happened because someone lied to me and this happened to me because someone had a lack of knowledge about what they were doing. Because I think Commander is a complicated enough game that there's no such thing as an expert. I think there are people out there that are very, very good at Commander and know a lot about a lot. But I do not think there's a single person on this planet that could tell you everything about every card and every deck and every way they go together. It's just simply too much. And frankly, there are going to be times where the unexpected happens. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's going to ruin your night and ruin your game. And that's okay. Like I said, you're allowed to be angry about things and you're allowed to have a bad time. However... There's a difference in the way you take that lesson away from the table. Do you assume Jim's a liar and he's here to pub stomp me? Or do I assume, hey, Jim, did you know that that went together that way? Is this, is this something you've planned out? Mm-hmm. And letting Jim explain to me what it is can help me not take that anger that I'm feeling and build it into resentment or hate or someone that I don't want to be with. Yeah. And, and I would uh, probably extend that. Like when, when we talk about in, in this context, the difference between anger and hate, I think is when you're uh, using uh, experiences that you've had to color future interactions with either the same person or with um, similar people or people that you perceive to be similar. Right. Yeah. When you're talking about hate, I think that there's an element of um, prejudice there. And, mm. and to be clear, I'm not talking about, prejudice in the way that uh you might talk about it. yeah yeah i'm not talking about like racism or sexism or homophobia or whatever i'm talking about um you know the the more um only monsters use combos yeah exactly right or like you must be a sociopath for playing stacks or something yeah. like that right like you've you've taken um an experience that you've had with a particular player and in the magic community in the in the commander community that's often um you know cdh or what people perceive to be cdh and they've said well <clears throat> somebody showed up to my uh lgs and played this combo mm-hmm. early because they wanted to win the ten dollar prize mm-hmm. at the end of, of commander night on wednesdays right yeah. and they're saying this person is directly Driving their enjoyment from these like wild power level mismatches. This is like what CDH is in my brain and letting it color all of my future interactions with either the topic of CDH or people that describe themselves as CDH players or whatever. And that causes this conflict in the community. Right. Because right? in a lot of ways, people aren't cultures and cultures aren't people. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you can't say, you know, as, as much as I'll be the first one to say the no true Scotsman fallacy exists for a reason. And that's the idea that, you know, I, I can't sit here as someone who is someone who enjoys CDH and say, mm-hmm. oh, well, there's no negative behavior that CEDH people have. That, that's that's not at all something that I'm trying to claim. What I'm trying to claim is, is the avatar of CEDH is not sitting down at your table with you. You are not playing against uh, an amalgamation of all the negative experiences that could have ever happened. You're playing with a living, breathing person. Mm-hmm. Right. And similarly, if you're a casual player, that doesn't mean you are ignorant of what's powerful. It doesn't mean that you have no idea how to make a deck work. It doesn't mean any of these other things that I've heard attributed to casualness over the years that are negative and, you know, non-exclusive. But what the piece of it that matters here is, can you separate biases from experiences? Mm -hmm. Because it's perfectly okay to look at someone that you've had a bad time. There there have been entire playgroups that I've abandoned in the past because of the behavior of specific people. Do I see the same tendencies in other groups? Absolutely, I do. But the difference is, is giving people a chance to 
improve, differentiate, be better for the type of thing that you're looking for without assuming that they're unresponsive. Mm. And so, uh, last but not least, the reason I think that this is important to talk about is all of these behaviors, one way or another, all lead to the same place, and that is suffering. Because much like we were talking about that mismatch solution that we were talking about earlier with the, I'm going to use my in-game actions to punish a metagame problem, mm-hmm. we see that writ large on the format too. Especially at the RC level, bans and rule changes and all that sort of stuff comes from people having bad experiences, having these mismatches, not having these conversations. Realistically, if you look at things from you know a thousand foot view, most bands that are on the ban list these days, the ones that are happening, are trying to help fix problems that realistically could be fixed by better communication and expectation setting. Now, obviously, it's never going to be perfect, and I'm not advocating that we stop banning things that are problems. Realistically, I understand that there are reasons for bans, and there's never going to be a point at which there aren't problem cards that get printed. The difference is, is we can reduce the number of bans that need to happen if, as a community, as a culture, as a hobby... We dedicate ourselves to understanding that we need to communicate more than we think we do. Mm-hmm. We need to put more time into reducing other people's fear, other people's anger, other people's hate. We need to show ourselves that it's okay not to interact with people that we don't want to without saying you're a bad person for liking that. Mm-hmm. And I know for a lot of folks, this is going to seem really trite, but I think espousing this and championing this is sort of the core of what makes Commander work. Mm-hmm. And so towards that end, if I can send you all out into the world with a a mission statement from today, it's something that we actually talked about a lot back when I was a judge. And so in judging, one thing that we do a lot is we do what we call investigations. When we get called over to the table, we need to figure out what went wrong. Mm -hmm. And the best piece of advice I ever got was always ask one more question than you think you need to. It's how I caught both of the cheaters I caught in my time as a judge. It's how I noticed that a player was in some pretty severe emotional distress and didn't understand that I wasn't there to kick them out of the tournament. If you can take the extra time to give people space to tell you why they're doing something and understand why they're doing something without immediately resorting to, they did this to hurt me, I think everybody just has a better time. Yeah, and I would actually zoom that out one additional layer. Like, we've been talking about a lot of in-game stuff. Um, I would zoom that out to the online discourse as well. Um, You know, something that somebody told me was, you know, if you take a look at the question, uh, do I need to tweet this, Mm -hmm. right? You can you can put emphasis on different words in the sentence um, and ask yourself several different questions about the tweet, right? Do I need to tweet this? Does this need to come from me? Do I need to tweet this? Is this an important thing for me to tweet out? And do I need to tweet this? Mm-hmm. Right? Is this the appropriate content? Is it is it uh, something that actually like adds value to yeah. the discussion? Right? Um, and so, yeah, I would I would zoom this a lot of this out to the online discourse as well to make sure that. Um, you know, a lot of the Discord and not not like Discord, the application, but <laughs> yeah, like the yeah, Discord strife, online strife, yes. comes from a lot of these things as well. Right. Yeah. They're they're people that have had bad experiences, people that are worried that the, the game that they really enjoy is going to stop being something that they enjoy. They're worried about uh, something ruining their good time. You know, their getaway from real world problems that they've got. Right. A lot of people use magic as an escape. Mm-hmm. A lot of the online discourse that you'll see comes from people being, um, you know, fearful or insecure uh, that has led to anger or hate or suffering. It's it's important to recognize that there is somebody on the other end of it 
and that you don't have to be involved in every single conversation. Oh, that's right. This is actually something that I've been trying to get better at lately. Um, You know, being on the keg, this is going to sound like maybe a little bit uh, conceited, but uh, when I first started on the keg, I, I kind of felt like a responsibility to get involved in a lot more discussions than I think I actually needed to. Mm-hmm. It was bad for my mental health. I'm sure it was bad for a lot of people's mental health. I felt like I needed to comment on everything sure. to know where, you know, so that people knew where it was at. And then a lot of the time in the conversations, I'm realizing like nobody asked my opinion on this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is maybe not something that I actually have to be involved in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think recognizing that and sort of changing my online behavior has has led to, uh, you know, a little bit me being in a, a slightly better place mentally overall. Absolutely. Uh, you, you just as an example, I can think of a few times recently where I've seen discourse or I've seen something pop off. And my immediate thought is, is, is there any way to build empathy here or are these people just going to fight? Yeah. And realistically, I think that's a pretty good place to start from is if you think you can make a difference and you think you can make someone's day better and you think you have insight yeah probably talk about it but it should come from a place of making everybody involved better i mean obviously there are exceptions if somebody's being bigoted or rude or Mm -hmm. any of that the paradox of tolerance and all that blah 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 you know what i'm talking about the point is though is that when you look at these things don't focus solely on the negatives talk about your positives i know i know if it bleeds it leads and you know even the prof talks constantly about how if he puts a negative title on his video, regardless of what he talks about, it does so much better. Yeah. And it's super tempting to like want to dunk on people, especially on Twitter with yeah. quote retweeting. It's super, super tempting to dunk on people because it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. And like when people uh, like or retweet or comment on you dunking on somebody, like it gets the good brain chemicals going. You're like, oh, I was clever today and I'm better or smarter than this person. Or like, I can't believe that they would say something so dumb, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually accomplish anything other than like spread the discussion, getting more eyeballs on it, and getting more people involved in an argument that probably doesn't need to happen. And, and worst of all, I, I feel especially in those circumstances, the argument doesn't seem to resolve. No, 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 no. You're not creating space for someone to improve. Yeah, just like just like in the example we were talking about earlier, where like you're trying to punish the the dirty combo player that uh, comboed off at your table by countering everything they do. Like, there's no neat and tidy resolution. Nobody's tying a bow around this and saying, "Good, we never have to talk about proxies again. We solved right. it, right?" <laughs> and so it just keeps coming up, and it's the same people involved every yeah. time, and they're yeah. just talking past each other. The same, like, and and so if, like. Even if it is something that maybe needs to be discussed, it is not a satisfying resolution for anybody involved. Well, and and I think in a lot of ways, discussion when it comes to topics that are nebulous or ill-defined is even worse than anything else. Because like we said earlier, things like casual, things like it's a seven, stuff like that, it, it doesn't mean anything to everyone in a way that communicates things. What it does is it sets people up for miscommunication. Mm-hmm. And so, again... Try to find these moments in your own life. Try to find times and places where, you know, I'm having a bad time and here's a better way for me to deal with it. People around me are having a bad time and I can invite them to explain to me why they are. And just being prepared to change your behavior or change your circumstances rather than seek to punish people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty good note to leave it on. Yeah. Well, in any case, folks, thanks so much for checking out another episode of Spike on the Mic. If you haven't heard yet, we actually have a second channel doing Flesh and Blood. You can find that in the comment down below. I guess that's the description. Also, if you're the type of person who likes picking up singles, we've got a TCG Player affiliate link. If you click it in our comments and then buy something, that helps support the channel. And as always, we want to thank all of our patrons. If you want to join us and get access to the Happiness Discord, this side of the Western eastern Mississippi, whatever, we're somewhere, Uh, come on down. As little as $1, you can chat with us all the time. 
In the meantime, thanks so much. Hey, thanks for checking out the Spike Feeders on YouTube. Before you close the window, make sure you click subscribe for more weekly magic content.